Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, episode with uh, John Brogy, talking about the national coming up, straight from the horse's mouth. Thanks, sponsors, Topps, Panini, and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hug the Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, CompC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. I believe all the sponsors will be there in one uh, form or fashion. Rich Klein jumped in, been in conversation with John Sons as well. It was a fun episode. Here it is. We're going to talk about the national with certainly John, who has the most uh, visibility, John Brogy, whose leadership role in the national and winds up getting the tough questions. <laughs> you really need to make a special effort to be there, especially this year, because this could be a monumental record-breaking year. Welcome, John Brogy, as well as son JB and son uh, Jeff. And Rich Klein's here to uh, add uh, Bob Eucharisms or whatever uh, Rich wants to add. What are you most excited about for the National in Chicago uh, in late July this year? Thanks for having us, Jim. What I'm most excited about this year is the fact that we are going to be somewhere this year. Last year, when we were forced to cancel the event because of COVID, we never expected that we'd have to wait as long as we did to say, yep, the National's on July 28th through the 1st of August in Chicago this year. The December date that you had, did you feel that was a real possibility back a year ago? We did, but we knew it was a terrible date. We knew that would be probably one of the worst dates we could have. You have to understand all the other people who are having their shows postponed and delayed were also looking at other dates and trying to fill in October, November, and you know, and into December. While we didn't think it was the most optimum date, we felt to have the show in 2020 in Atlantic City, as we were committed to doing, might outweigh the fact that December wasn't going to be that great a date. Do you think that this next national is going to be the biggest ever? Or do you think there'll still be a little bit of hesitancy for Chicago in six weeks? John, what do you think? I've been looking at the ticket sales and an amazing level of increase from where they were the, the middle of June versus 2019. The amount of tickets in 2019, like the biggest national in terms of attendance, almost since 91. Probably so, Rich. Quite possibly. Same location, reasonable comparison. I don't think there's going to be any hesitancy. What we're seeing in terms of states relaxing restrictions has happened throughout the country. The numbers in New Jersey, as well as in Illinois, are way down from what they were at the peak of this disease. Not getting political, the fact that vaccines are working seems to have quelled the rush of the, the pandemic. We're hearing more and more people, as John said, wanting to come to the show. We could have sold out another hundred booths at the show. We just don't have the space. Is there some people will ask why be in Chicago every year? I think if you can do a quick explanation of why Chicago is one of the few places in the country that the national can be held. We need more space now than we've ever needed before. We need at least 450 to 500,000 square feet to be able to put all the activities that we have. We have a case break pavilion. We have a large autograph pavilion. We have 560 dealer booths. We have 60 or so corporate entities. There are just so few venues in the country that can handle something that large. The other thing is, Chicago knows how the show operates and, and they're willing to work with us to make it convenient for our exhibitors and for our attendees. They're located in the central part of the country. People can come in from California, people can come in from Massachusetts, and the, the travel is not nearly as bad as going to either an eastern site or a far western site. John has been looking at some other locations in the country. In addition to not being large enough, a lot of them don't have dates in the summer, which is 
traditionally when the national has been run. There's probably about 10 convention centers in the United States that can house the national. You do need all that 450,000 square feet on one floor. It can't be split on floors like some convention centers have. And as far as the dates go, we've had some pretty good discussions and negotiations with other sites. Unfortunately, they do not have dates that are going to work. The convention obviously historically has been a late July, early August convention for the last 30 to 40 years. You know, if prices were raised for the exhibitors, for the sponsors, for the uh, corporates, would that be a winnowing to where 300,000 square feet would work because you doubled the prices? And the crowd Um, would still come. It might, but then would we be the national or would it be a a large regional show? No, you'd be Um, the elite national. You'd be the national for the people that have deep pockets. But again, you've got a waiting list. You've got people that are in line to get tables and the corporates seem to be willing to pay or trade out or make deals with you to be sure they're there. Just seeing if you had two-thirds the footprint and upcharged a little bit, there'd be less competition. It'd still be a really exciting, vibrant room. And it might give JB a chance to enlarge the competition set for what other cities and venues could handle it. Because 500,000 square feet on one floor is really reducing. Yeah. Hey, Jim, why don't you come to the annual meeting on Thursday night and make that same statement? The board of directors seems to feel, and and I can't disagree with them, that those people who have done the show for the longest period of time deserve the consideration. If we want to start winnowing people out, that would be the first group. On a happier topic, isn't there something nice when the family can bring their kids? In the last few years, there's always been a kid package for the Nationals, one family price or the kids are free or something. We've had kids free. Mike Burkus, who I, I can't go on without mentioning, my partner who passed away in 2015, when he and I took over this event back in 2005, we felt that it was important to continue that started. And it was a question each year. We always look for sponsors to be able to underwrite. But we felt it was important to try to continue to grow the hobby by having kids free. So we've had a, a ruling that kids are free 12 and under every year, anytime. That's the second biggest question I get. If I'm buying a VIP package, which gets me in a half hour early, do I have to leave my 12-year-old son sitting outside? The answer is no, obviously. Your 12-year-old and under child who is free can go to any event with you. He just doesn't get the goodies that you get for buying the package. But we feel it's important to, to continue to grow the event. And the, the 12 and under thing, as long as I'm around, will continue. Good. What about the, my other pet idea of having a second national, having a winter national that might have a reduced footprint that would be at one of these alternative locations, half the size of the arena. And it wouldn't necessarily be more toward vintage or more toward modern, but it'd be more boutique than so expansive. Does that open up some venues for John Jr.? Most definitely. We like that idea and we... West Coast. And we have been researching that idea. We're just trying to get through 2021 at this point, make sure the show goes off and runs smoothly. And the board of directors and we will revisit this. It's been brought to the board of directors before. So we definitely are working towards the possibility of that and down the road. Are you guys in any way worried about this national in Chicago being too successful in the sense of huge lines, social distancing out the window? Not that there's going to be a mass outbreak, but that the fire marshal will be called. I don't want that to happen. I was there in 1991 when that show was closed down a couple of times because we've spoken with the convention center. The building is large enough to handle the people. We've hired additional security and additional staff to deal with the numbers of people 
who will be coming in. We will have the Rosemont Police Department there in case we wind up having to have people stay outside until we can get the, the hall set up. But yeah, we are a little concerned about that, but I think we're dealing with it in the best way we possibly can. The, the additional personnel, the additional staffing on our part is, is what we're looking at. But yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned. Are, I, you, I, are the aisles a little bit wider to take into account social distancing, the spacing of the tables and the congregating areas of the card company booths, corporates, and the autograph? Is that going to be extra spaced out? It really won't because it's been confirmed by Rosemont people that there is no need for social distancing in the area because everybody is now to the position where that's not required. We've had very large aisles in the show before. It's well spaced out. I, I don't think that's a problem this year, Jim. I really don't. It, it almost sounds like most of your problems are under the term of good problems to have. Yes. Well, and the blame is going to go to the state of Illinois or the city of Chicago. Unfortunately, if they make a ruling that you have to abide by, it won't be your fault. They could uh, muck it up in the interest of uh, what they think is the best decision. And I hope they don't. I hope they just let uh, you run your show and have it be excellent. I've asked as recently as, as this week whether there are any restrictions at all in Rosemont, and they've said, no, there are not. And TriStar very recently announced their autographs, and they have tons of people coming. I know that's one thing not on your plate, because TriStar runs the autograph section. You don't have to worry necessarily about that. I assume you all don't run the Breaker Pavilion either. It's almost outsourced, where, yes, it's part of the national, but you don't have to physically run it. Correct. And TriStar has done such a great job over the past several years. They were initially concerned as well about having guests there, whether the athletes would come because of the fear they might have had of COVID. But I know that the Houston show held last weekend, and they had a nice attendance, and the, the athletes signed there. They've started bringing in some really great names. They're going to announce a few new names this week. I know David Ortiz is there, and there's a future Hall of Famer making his first appearance at the National. Unfortunately, we lost a lot of, of our regular names, the Hank Aarons and the Joe Morgans, the guys who passed away during Lou Brock, who were regulars at the National. There'll be some new names that'll be great for all the attendees. Speaking of loss, Rich and I did a, a tribute episode to Mike Burkus, a close friend of all of ours. But what's missing? You know, With Mike not there... It just doesn't seem the same. You guys are making the best of it, but he was an unreplaceable figure in this industry. The national was when he held court in this magical way. But what have you taken from that? I know you can't fill his shoes in the fullest sense. You're commemorating his memory. But I'm just thinking this absolutely would be the biggest national history if Mike was still around to tout it. He would have said something like this, a groundswell building. You know, Mike <laughs> loved the word groundswell. From a personal viewpoint, I miss Mike immensely. Not only did we work together to put together the event, he was the idea guy and I was the operation nuts and bolts guy. He was also a good friend. We talked on a regular basis about our family. We got together on a regular basis to go out. You see all the Rutgers stuff sitting behind me. He was very jealous that I had a connection there that he wished he had. His son, Dan, is doing a great job for us. But like you said, you don't replace Mike. You don't replace a legend. Yes, he would have been out there touting the show, and, and, and we're doing as doing it as well as we can. But Mike had this magic way of taking a room and just mesmerizing the people and having them believe that what he was selling was only to be bought there. He well, was the only guy that could sell it, and he did that job for years. But he could sell anything, but when he was selling a really excellent product that you were 
operating excellently and was coming together, that was him at his finest. I agree. I, I will say that the event the last four or five years has grown from where it was when Mike did it the last time. I have a picture of you, him, and me yeah. at his last national. I think we've honored his memory by doing as well as we can, not being as flashy as Mike, but we do miss him a lot. Oh, who's as flashy as Mike? It's not Rich. It's not me. It's not any of the brogies, I don't think. No. But I think that, that's why the two of you, I think, were such good partners. Yeah, absolutely. You were friends, but you were different enough where you complemented each other's strengths. Absolutely. Yep. Mike never had an idea he didn't like for someone, <laughs> else, for someone else to carry out. I'll tell you the story that when we took over the National in 2005, Mike came up with idea after idea. And I'm sitting there trying to figure out, how do we make this happen? I finally said to him, you know what, Mike? Come up with every idea you possibly can. You're going to be the one who executes it. So he started a couple of different things and realized, wait a minute, there's more to this than just coming up with the idea. That sort of slowed him down a tiny bit. I will credit him. The Case Break Pavilion was something that he brought in that we didn't see what the value was to the show, but it really has been a value to the show. It's a very strong in the industry, and it keeps the industry involved in the national as, as part of what they do. He always had the ideas and always saw them through. He wanted the national to have 24-hour tables. And like, <laughs> we'd open around the clock. Hey, that's okay. Kind of, I mean, that's <laughs> okay. another idea. You could reduce the footprint. You could just say, hey, corporates, you, do you want the AM shift or the PM shift? You know, dealers, run them in and run them out. The rumor six months ago that you'd get your ticket to the national would entitle you to be there between two o'clock and four o'clock on Friday afternoon. Then you'd have to go out and get back in line. That would be horrible. I hope it's a healthy and wonderful event. You guys are doing your part. So thanks, everybody. Uh, thanks, Brogies, for your excellent involvement in the industry and in the industry's uh, showcase event. Certainly, Mike Burkus, one of the uh, other fathers of the national. Great event. I will be there. I hope all my listeners are there, too. But maybe not all at the same time. Don't get the fire marshal involved. So uh, Thank anyway. you. Thanks, Brogies. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for having uh, us, Jim. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man in the house.